Welcome to the Meta Business Podcast. The Metaverse and Web3 are bringing about the biggest revolution since the internet itself. With your hosts, Paul the Prophet Dawalibi and Jeff the Juice Cohen, we will be bringing you the latest Metaverse business news and insight into what it all means. The Meta Business Podcast starts now. From the boardroom to the Metaverse, this is the Meta Business Podcast. I am Paul the Prophet Dawalibi. I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Jeff the Juice Cohen. For those of you who are new here, welcome to the official podcast of the Metaverse. What we do is we cover the most pressing Metaverse stories and news of the week, but we look at all of it through a business and C-suite lens. We dissect, we analyze the business implications of everything happening in this incredible industry. For our regular listeners, thank you guys for tuning in every week. Thank you for leaving a five-star rating and review on the podcast. If you haven't already, hit subscribe, leave a review, share the podcast with a friend or colleague. This is how we've grown. We really appreciate it. Jeff, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well. I'm doing a good week. Uh, I know we're both uh, both busy. Actually, we're both moving. I know. We're both uh, moving. I don't want to dox you on the podcast, no, uh, on the podcast here, but we're both moving. Your address uh, I bought is. a house, and uh, Paul is also uh, <laughs> Paul's move is bigger than is much further than mine. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> We are both moving, uh, in, uh, not into the metaverse, so we can at least confirm that. Not yet. Not yet. But um, I have been thinking about it. You know, I will say, I, I was playing with Epic's uh, like Unreal Engine today a little bit. I had a little bit of time in between calls, and I was toying with Unreal Engine 5 and their MetaHuman integration in Unreal Engine 5. So I'm thinking at some point we'll have to create MetaHumans and do this whole thing wow. as Unre- Unreal Engine-powered MetaHumans. I agree with that. I, I was going to make the joke, and this is why you're so much more successful than me. Because in between your calls, you go on Unreal Engine five and 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 innovate. In between my <laughs> calls, I go get a snack and try to play with my dog. So <laughs> this is why we're not the same. <laughs> well, I'm going to get you a, a meta human avatar here, and we're going to do this at some point. You guys will can look forward to that because I, I it is cool. I am wills. I will say. I've been very bearish on Tim Sweeney, but I am thoroughly impressed with Unreal Engine 5. I think, um, you know, for someone, I'm not a 3D designer. Like it's not what I do for a living, obviously. But, you know, tech savvy enough to go in and get a good feel for what this thing can do. Uh, and I was very, very impressed. Let's put it that way. So um, just interesting anecdote. We often talk about things like gaming and stuff like that. So um, let's start with a story, Jeff, that is sure to attract attention. I'm sure we're going to turn it into a very clickbaity headline for the podcast here. Um, but the article here is from Seeking Alpha, and the headline says, Playboy and the Metaverse could imply significant stock undervaluation. So Playboy, um, it says PLBY. Well, I guess PLBY Group is the, the group okay, that yeah. owns Playboy. Obviously, one of the most recognizable brands in the world. They recently launched a virtual Playboy mansion in the metaverse. And, and what they're saying is if management is successful in its efforts in this industry, in the gaming industry, metaverse, whatever, net revenue could trend north. So not a whole ton of detail in this article. They're just saying, you know, that the metaverse and their expansion in China and India, I don't know why those are in the same sentence. They're two very different initiatives. <laughs> um, but they're, they're very bullish on their metaverse play here uh, for Playboy. You know, we always start, always try to start with kind of a fun, lighthearted story. What do you think of a virtual Playboy mansion in the metaverse? Like, 
I, th- I think it's super interesting. Obviously, you know, I'm not familiar with Playboy stock, so I'm not going to try to get into the nuances of what this actually <laughs> does for Playboy stock. And as you're going through it, so this is a Seeking Alpha article, which is a investor website where people will post, um, you know, their stock ideas and their pitches. As you're scrolling through it here for people who are watching on, you know, video, it's pretty impressive. They actually have like a lot of detail. Like this isn't just yeah. some, you know, clickbaity article. Like this is someone put together like a very detailed stock pitch. I don't think we're going to get into that because neither of us know the Playboy business no. model that well. But I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, the the porn industry, interestingly enough, has actually been very early to a lot of like technological trends. Like porn was one of the early kind of use cases of the internet. Um, you know, and especially so it, of high speed broadband, things like that. Yep. Yeah. So I don't think it's actually that crazy that, you know, virtual illicit behavior could actually be a very early, um, you know, use case for the metaverse. I, you know, I don't, there's a lot of different ways you could take that in terms of what that means for society and how, how you know, the, how that could be negative in, in many different ways. But there is a big market out there for this kind of thing. Um, and so I think it's interesting that, that Playboy is, is kind of digging in and having a presence in the metaverse. We, we often joke that every bit, you know, it seems like every business is at some point going to have their, their fingers in the metaverse. And, um, obviously Playboy is not, is not, not one of those businesses. So, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, my, my, it's, obviously I agree with everything here, but like, my take on this is a little bit different in the sense that aren't you surprised that Playboy was maybe the first mover here, right? Cause Playboy traditionally has been kind of the laggard when it comes to new tech, right? They, they stuck with a magazine probably a lot longer than they should mm-hmm. have. Um, and, and there are definitely adult entertainment websites that are more forward thinking tech savvy, you know, innovate on the tech side. And, at least I don't know about them, but I don't think I've heard of any efforts from those companies to do something, you know, in existing metaverses or in their own or whatever. Right. Like I have not heard any yeah. of the adult sites doing something in Decentraland or Sandbox. And I don't know if that's because existing metaverses have turned them down and maybe Playboy is a little bit of a safer, not so, you know, hardcore brand, uh, you know, adult brand. Uh, but I'm surprised that it's Playboy sort of making the first move here it's a it's a great point i guess to be fair and maybe as we're like looking through this article i wonder if this is something playboy actually announced or if it's this just this investor saying hey they should do this because you brought up a good point about content moderation like i do wonder you know this isn't going in roblox i'm sure I, i highly doubt roblox would would allow you know something like this on their platform so it's probably gonna have to go into one of maybe the more upstart metaverses like even epic you know i, I don't know just is, is fortnite gonna put playboy into into fortnite <laughs> uh, probably maybe, not maybe but probably, probably not, not. So you're, you know you're probably looking at one of these more it's it's a great move for an up-and-coming metaverse that we're always talking about hey they don't have they don't have people there there's no use case like something like the sandbox or decentral and maybe this becomes a little bit of their way to get a little more publicity and kind of like bring in that 18 to 35 year old male, which frankly, you know, sex sells. So I don't know. I I clicked through to this article from last year, from late last year. And it was, you know, my just quick read of this article is it seems a lot of this is being driven by the new SPAC owners, right. Of Playboy, Mm -hmm. uh, because they used the SPAC to go public. And 
they did a sale of NFTs called Rabbitars, and every owner of these NFTs can belong to the Playboy Club. So if you're watching again, here, these are some of the NFTs. It looks ridiculous. They're really just throwing everything at the <laughs> yeah. wall, I guess. Um, but, you know, I, again, I'm impressed that Playboy is sort of the first mover here, that that they're thinking about this before other adult brands, which have definitely shown a more tech savvy or more tech innovation. So good on Playboy. Maybe this is their chance to reinvent themselves, right? In some ways, the move to Web3 in the metaverse is allowing older, slower brands that may have fallen behind in Web2 to, to catch up or to even take leadership positions yeah. because it's sort seen, of a, a clean slate. Yeah. And we've seen Web3 companies try to resurrect even like decidedly dead brands, right? Blockbuster, yeah, um, LimeWire, like a couple yeah. of, you know, and maybe those are a little bit more of, of like meme brands. But yeah, I think you can reinvent yourself in Web3. It's a new audience to some extent. Um, let's move on, Jeff. Let's talk about Roblox. We're going to talk about Roblox and Unity. Call it back to back here. Both um, had their earnings calls this like for this quarter. And some interesting takeaways here. I think there may be some interesting discussion to go through. So let's start with Roblox. And, you know, there was a whole shareholder letter, which we don't, you know, it's a half hour podcast, so we don't have the time to get that deep into that shareholder letter. But uh, this CNBC article has a bit of a summary. So uh, the headline here, Roblox, Roblox shares sink on disappointing revenue and wider than expected loss. Roblox reported fewer users in the quarter than analysts had expected and bookings dropped from a year earlier. The company, which generates revenue from purchases of its Robux virtual currency, has suffered along the rest of the tech industry. So just a bit of a recap here. They had a loss of 27 cents a share versus 21 cents, which was expected by the analysts. Revenue 631.2 million versus 645 million. So a little bit of a miss there. Uh, bookings declined by 3% in the quarter. So a little bit of a cooling from the pandemic is what the CNBC article is saying here. And the daily active users, though, are up and they're up 28% from a year earlier. The only problem was the street was expecting 55 million DAUs and Roblox reported 54.1 million. Uh, users spent 11.8 billion hours engaged in Roblox and the average booking per daily active user slid 25% to $11.67. So more users, not as many as expected, but they're spending a little bit less than they used to. Yep. Um, and, and so revenue missed a little bit and earnings missed a little bit. What do you make of the overall Roblox picture here, Jeff? And do you think there's a bit of an overreaction uh, just or general market sentiments bad? So Roblox is a victim or do you think, does anything in these numbers scare you? Uh, I mean, number one, definitely there is a bit of, you know, the market sentiment has completely shifted and obviously this is a business podcast, but we're not, you know, going too deep into stock analysis, but the macro picture right now is, is pretty bleak and the whole market is, is kind of selling off, particularly these, these large cap like growth tech stocks. So it makes sense that any hiccup you're going to get, you're going to get punished. I do think the interesting um, piece here is around the a the bookings declining year over year is not great. Like because even if if growth is slowing, like it's pretty bad. And I understand there's tough comps and you had COVID last year, but shrinking like as a business is is not great when you're trading as a premium brand at a premium multiple. So that's 
a little surprising. And then this stat around like the time spent per user shrinking is actually probably the most the dollar spent alarm. But I think there was also so it might not have said it in this the 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 actual the time spent per daily active user was down okay. on average. So that's probably the most alarming piece. And you know they they did say hey it was slowed down because you know it probably was because last year was a little bit more co- you know COVID lockdown versus this this kind of spring. I don't know. Do you buy do you buy that? Like that to me is a little bit of an alarming alarming picture because. You know, you could blame COVID, but you could also say, hey, people are moving on to other metaverses. People are moving on, you know, aging up out of the platform. Like that's an alarming stat that usage per per person is dropping. I mean, but but the daily active users are growing now. They missed analyst expectations, but there was still growth. And 28 percent year over year is not like anything to sneeze at. They grew an average of 46% annually. Um, now, is growth potentially slowing? Yes, but you're also now have a, a user base that is, is pretty large. I mean, the, the simplest question I have to come back to your question, Jeff, I'll answer your question. The question is, you know, the market cap of Roblox today is 14 billion. I just looked it up, right? We know Epic just raised a round at 30 plus billion. Right, thirty-one and a half billion, I think, was the two billion dollar round they just did. Is Epic worth two Robloxes? Well, it's funny that you're posing it that way because I feel like a month or two ago we were having the exact same conversation, but the opposite, <laughs> yeah. where it was like, well, Roblox is worth fifty-eight billion, and like Epic <laughs> is worth twenty. Like, does that make sense? And like, no. I mean, the answer is they're, they're probably pretty similar. Um, you know, that's the, the the benefit and the negative of being on the public market, where every day you're your sort of valuation fluctuates. Um, good on Epic to have closed that you know two billion dollar round um, like a month ago, which uh, doesn't seem like a lot of time, but the the markets have really shifted. So good on them to get that money. Yeah, they probably should be about the same the same valuation. It's probably overshot on the downside at this point, but um, I think investors are going to want to see those metrics kind of reaccelerate. Where if bookings are declining. And time spent on the platform is declining, even though, you know, users are still growing. Like, that's not great. And I think I saw somewhere in here that like users in particularly in North America, like I think daily active users may have even been like flat to down. So they're growing in other regions, which is great. That's a big initiative for them to grow internationally. But those people are obviously not monetizing as much. So, you know, investors will look for signs that they can monetize those international users and if they start doing that you'll see the stock i'm sure uh you know start to start to go higher yeah i think the one thing that i find encouraging from the whole roblox story is their story hasn't really changed right like they, they've 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 not said one thing and then six months later said another thing right they seem pretty focused on what they want to achieve i did i just did a quick search through their shareholder letter, right? There's five mentions of the word metaverse in Mm a 12 page letter, right? And where they mention it, I think makes sense, right? That they talk about, and I think maybe the most exciting place, I'll just read this sentence. And and this is where I sort of get excited for the long-term opportunity for Roblox. They're, They're not just thinking about user growth, they're thinking about monetization, they're thinking about, you know, every angle of 
building out these, this metaverse. They said beyond sponsored ads, we're at the beginning stages of developing native and immersive advertising in the Roblox metaverse. We envision several new advertising units that we imagine as being complementary to our user experience. That, I think, is in and of itself is maybe one of the most interesting things from this whole story because um, so far, all of the advertising we've seen in any metaverse is like slap a logo or like a, a banner essentially in the virtual world mm-hmm. in the same way you may have a, you know, a, a digital sign on the highway in, in the real world, right? Like there's not much innovation that has happened there. And if Roblox sort of figures that out, unlocks that, that could be really massive, right? Like, like that could be pretty consequential for the entire metaverse story. 100% agree. And it's not really something that I think investors had really baked a ton into in their projections. Like they were probably more thinking in terms of user monetization, like in-app purchasing avatars, purchasing skins. If they can really unlock like an advertising side of the business and, and make that, you know, 20 or 30% of revenue, that, that is, that would be kind of game changing. Um, funny enough, my, my, one of my impressions for whatever reason, and maybe it's just, having heard Roblox talk a lot and listened to their investor days and stuff in the past, I almost was alarmed by the focus on monetization a little bit. And I'm putting my <laughs> tinfoil hat on. Like, I, it almost felt to me like, what, what's like the Shakespeare thing? Like, the lady doth protest too much. Like, Because historically, their line has always been like, look, we're about user growth. We're about experience, yeah. the platform. Like, we don't care about, mon- you know, like people will monetize, but like, we're not trying to like shake, turn them over and shake the coins out of their pockets. And the fact that they made like half the shareholder letter about like, look at all these ways we can, mo-. like, don't worry, Wall Street, like we're going to monetize almost made me like feel like that, like worse about it as an investor. Interesting. That is, I, I, I kind of <laughs> like that uh, tinfoil hat theory. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? It could be the distraction. Like, hey, don't worry like that it's slowing here because we're going to figure out how to squeeze more out of what we've got. Um, right. I like mean, an inning two or three, like inning one of what we think is like this, you know, you, you're on record saying they're going to have more, you know, users than Twitter <laughs> in however many years our bet is. Like, you know, we're expecting them to get to two, three hundred million, you know, daily, monthly, sort of monthly active players. I think they're at fifty. So, it, it, if they're starting to say, "Hey, like, mon- it's all about monetization now," like that, as a long-term investor, would probably worry me. Just re- maybe reading between the lines a little bit. And, and maybe they're just putting some of this stuff in there because they see the market and every stock's getting killed, you know, right now in growth plans. So maybe they 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 want to play up the monetization side. But a little something in my head kind of just like made my alarm bells go off a little bit. I I I wonder what is hampering the user growth at Roblox. Like why is it why is it not growing? You know, fifty percent a quarter, and I'm exaggerating. But like, what what is stopping the growth? at Roblox or what is slowing the growth at Roblox? Is it an inability to break out of their age range? Is it not enough novel experiences built by developers? Is it not enough awareness? Cause Roblox truly is not, doesn't have the same presence of, of mind or mind share in the, in the mainstream community as like a Minecraft or a Fortnite. Um, I think it is that a lot. I, I'd be curious to know how they're, they're, they're advertising like where 
you know, clearly kids are finding this. Um, like I'm always, whenever I'm with my cousins and stuff, they're always talking, like I'm always surprised that they are playing and talking about Roblox, but I, I, it's not like you see ads on TV or like, if you know, if you watch cartoons with your kid on the week, it's not like you see a Roblox ad. So I'm not sure what, how they're actually targeting these kids, which is and, a weird thing to say, targeting these kids, but uh, I'm not <laughs> sure how they're getting the, their name out there. Yeah, that, that may be the issue. Let's let's switch over here to Unity because Unity also had a bit of a problematic quarter. Um, and the headline here, so this is uh, from MarketWatch. The headline here says, Unity software stock plunges nearly 30% on weak revenue guidance. So this is uh, on Tuesday of, la- like if you're listening to this on Monday when this comes out, this would have been Tuesday of last week. And so they reported first quarter results Largely in line with Wall Street forecasts, they reported a net loss of 177 million compared with 107.5 million in the year ago quarter. So they're losing more money than they did a year ago in the same quarter. Um, but revenue increased 36%, which is not insignificant. And Unity said uh, that Q2 revenue uh, should be between 290 and 295 million. Um, while analysts anticipated 360 million. So it seems like the analysts are expecting faster growth than the company believes they can achieve. And again, are there any alarm bells for you here? Um, or is it just market softness? I think it's a bit, a bit of market softness again. Um, you know, this story I'm a little less in tune with than the Roblox store because Unity is more of a soft, it's a B2B software company. So it's, it's, it, even though it is a gaming company, it really trades like a, like a SaaS company. Um, so as I understand it, the quick, I guess the quick take is that Unity has sort of two sides of the business. One side is the SaaS business where, you know, if, if you're a developer on Unity, you pay them, you know, on a per seat basis for a subscription. And then the other side is, is really almost like an ad network and they have a bunch of stuff that helps monetize these developers then monetize their game. And that's paid for on like a per usage basis. So I think there was an issue on that side of the business, like the ad piece. And it had some, you know, something to do with the Apple changes that have gone into effect in the last year. Um, basically there was some, some change that caused them to have their, the growth be slower. And so I think that was a big piece. And then they talked a lot about in the call how it's going to take them a few quarters to like ramp back up to the same growth on that side of the business. So. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. Um, I, you, I I will just you know full disclosure. I bought some of the some stock today in Unity um, for my for my PA. It just seemed like the stock has had such a fall from where I think it was over two hundred dollars like a few months ago, and I just see how eighty five percent in the last six yeah. months. So I just see how valuable Unity is in terms of an engine. Like I know you spoke at the top about Unreal Engine, and we were talking about immersive um, worlds and and stuff like that. Unreal is, is the number one engine, the one to go with. But when you're talking about mobile gaming, I mean, Unity's market share is, is massive. You know, it's well, well over 50%. Um, and they're, they're doing a lot in terms of Metaverse, Web3. Like a lot of the gaming companies that are building Web3 games are building them on Unity. So I, I think it's a pretty strategic asset. And, you know, at the, I think it's like a $9 billion company now yeah. with the growth of gaming and just still the popularity of mobile gaming throw in web three. I, I think it, it's too cheap. You know, I want to key in on something you said here because unity has market share, very similar to unreal. Right. And in some ways on mobile, they're stronger, but 
very similar, like pretty apples to apples comparison between Unity and Unreal Engine when it comes to sort of market share, size, scope, you know, who it reaches, et cetera. And you're right. A lot of Web3 developers are building on Unity. Um, what I find interesting, and this is totally anecdotal, I rarely see any articles or any kind of press or any kind of communication from Unity talking about Metaverse, Web3, like almost nothing. That they, they have not tied themselves to that horse at all, whereas Epic very much has, right? Epic talks about yep. it quite frequently uh, in Unreal Engine in that context. And I wonder if part of it is just they, they haven't done a good job of communicating sort of what they are doing in that space, in this space. I, I think that's a fair point. It's funny you say that because right before we before were taping, I had uh, mad money. This has become like the finance episode, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. But I was watching uh, Jim Cramer, like mad money on CNBC and John Riccatello was on being interviewed. And he actually said something around metaverse, like basically like, ah, that's become a buzzword. Like we don't even think about, like we don't talk about that. Like we're, you know, we're, we're like building, like he kind of like said, we're doing all these things, but was like the metaverse has become a buzzword. Like here's what we're like, you know, we have 70% market share on mobile. Like he kind of like was like, this is the tangible stuff we're doing. Like all this metaverse stuff is just a distraction. So it's funny that you said that it seemed like almost it's like part of like a conscious decision not to hype up the metaverse speech, which if we were talking three months ago would have been negative. But now <laughs> it seems like maybe that's a positive, a good strategy. So. Yeah, it feels like a bit of a miss, right? And when your stock's down 85% in the last six months, maybe that's not the hill to die on, right? Like me, yeah. <laughs> seen worse hills to die on, but that one's not a good one either. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to our last story here. We have a, 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 an interesting one here. This is news uh, from VentureBeat. The headline here is Irreverent or GamesBeat. Irreverent Labs confirms $40 million round funded by Andreessen Horowitz and others. So this is talking about uh, Irreverent Labs. They're a Web3 game developer. They've confirmed that they've raised $40 million to create Mecha Fight Club, a robot cockfighting game that uses NFTs. Um, this is the, the founder here is the, was the founder of Voodoo PC, who I think they sold to, I want to say, HP, I think, or Dell. Dell or yeah. HP bought, then bought them. Rahul Sud was also the founder of Unicorn, which is odd that they didn't list that because they just sold. They were an esports betting company that you know was backed by Mark Cuban and had a had a lot of success and then had a lot of failure, but then was recently sold to Intain, which is a massive gambling company. So, so it's a play to earn game. You, you you the 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 Mecha Fight Clubs. I'll read this from the article. Mecha Fight Club's chickens are mecha bots with NFTs, which use the blockchain to verify the uniqueness of each chicken. It's play to earn. Players can own the characters that they buy and profit from if they can resell them to someone else once they're leveled up. While cockfighting is controversial, it's popular in Asia, and the creators are aware that the people are concerned about the cruelty of the real world sport. And so the developers are emphasizing humorous combat, not gory realism. So you'll collect, train, and battle combat robots. Sounds a little bit like Pokemon, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and each Mechabot has unique styles, abilities, preferences, etc. So, um, big round, $40 million for cockfighting. I mean, if you had read that story to me <laughs> a year and a half ago with nothing, like, I wouldn't have believed a single word. I feel like you've said NFT, this before. <laughs> play to earn, like, a 
virtual digital cockfight where you earn <laughs> money by fighting your cocks. Like it's crazy. But the craziest part actually of all of this is like we really crossed the Rubicon in terms of Andreessen Horowitz backing <laughs> yeah. a, a, a something like like a content play like this. Like for the longest time, I mean, gaming was really shunned at large VCs because it was, hey, it's too hit driven. It's, you know, it's cyclical, blah, 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 blah. There's too much risk in the content cycles. And if if they were even going to look at or touch gaming, it was, hey, we're interested in platforms. We're interested in tools and technology, kind of picks and shovels plays. The fact that we're now seeing, a, you know, a venerable VC firm like Andreessen Horowitz investing in this, which, I mean, good for them. Wish them a lot of success. They clearly, the founders have a track record of exits. So that's probably what, what Andreessen's betting on. But this is a pure content play. Um, if the game doesn't work, it, the money's gone. Like there is no backup plan. So yeah, I mean, this, it's surprising. I don't know if as a VC, if you have any thoughts on that. I mean, this has to be all about the founder, right? Like I, I have to believe that this is essentially almost like a favor because I, I just feel like there's a lot of risk here. First of all, just in the, the, the nature of the content, right? And, and I get maybe it's an Asia play, which where I, I firmly believe that play to earn is probably only going to survive in developing countries not in North America. So maybe the whole cockfighting like subject matter is fine then, but I can see how this gets backlash in a place like the U S where people are a lot more sensitive to these things um, and are much more vocal about these things. So um, I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure where the innovation is coming from. Like what justifies a $40 million investment in something that, is no different than just about any other fighting game other than the fact that it's an NFT, right? Like you've integrated NFTs. And I think that's where the blockage for me is. It's, you know, where, where is the 10 X hundred X kind of return? If we believe the, if like, unless you believe the economics of adding in the NFTs changes the game so drastically, um, this is a hard one to get my head around and I'm, I'm, I'm just skeptical that anyone will care to play this beyond like a bit of a meme thing that some streamer will do for like an hour. And then there's not much to it, right? Like you, this really has to be the next Pokemon to justify a $40 million investment. That's the way I think about it, right? It has to be the next Pokemon. And I don't know if, you know, the same way I buy Pokemon cards for my five-year-old nephew, will I go buy him, you know, Mecha, Cock, whatever? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think so. And so it, it just seems disconnected from the size of the investment. If this was like $4 million and it's a flyer and, you know, you want to test out something fun and you're investing in 50 of these, I guess with Andreessen, they can invest in 50 of these and they can still put this amount of money. And so the economics may be different, but um, I just, I I just don't see it. I mean, they say the Discord community has twenty five thousand fans. I mean, hey, our sister pie, our like Meta TV, our parent has a Discord community about the same size, right? Like this is not, yeah, this is not, 
you know, World of Warcraft Counter-Strike level of interest. Right. Um, Assume that even, even, you know, I think 10% of those people, getting 10% of those people to actually download and play the game would be probably a massive success. Think about how much money they'd have to spend to even come close to justifying anything near this $40 million race. So it'll be interesting to follow. It'll be interesting to follow. And, you know, I I would be curious to see long-term how many of these plays Andreessen puts in their fund, for example, right? Is it five? Is it 10? Is it 25 bets? Like I, I, I can't wait to see sort of the overall picture come become clear in terms of their thesis. So, um, Jeff, that wraps up this week's podcast flew by. Um, as always guys, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, go follow the juice on Twitter at Jeff Cohen, 23, instead of following Mecca fight club, whatever, go follow Jeff Cohen 23 on Twitter. Um, also make sure share the podcast with your friends, with your colleagues, anyone, you know, operating in this industry, put it on your LinkedIn, get people talking about it. We really appreciate it. Don't forget the future is fun guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us here on Meta Business. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review and tell your friends, family and colleagues all about us. Also, make sure to follow Meta TV on all socials to get more of the best Metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Business.